Hey, you've tuned into Geeky Leak Radio. Good luck. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Although I do have my geeky shit hanging right here on display. My <laughs> Deadpool and Boba. I, I see that. Hoodies. We're not doing video, yeah. though. <laughs> I know. So but no one sees that other than just you. Saying, and us. Just saying. Just point out. Got some geek street cred going on already. <laughs> I really don't think any of us had our geek street cred in question. <laughs> well, probably not. But I just wanted to point out that I, too, own nice shirts, much like Franey. So... <laughs> Ah, uh, this point is that true. Out there. See, Chris doesn't get that reference because he hasn't listened to any of the podcasts it's yet. <laughs> oh, well, he'll get it one day. One day, maybe. <laughs> one day. I hear someone else laughing. Is that Angela? That is. is. Hello. He, she can't hear. She probably can't she hear me. Hear <laughs> yes. <laughs> the beauty of headphones. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so he says hi. He did oh. say hi. Hi, Richard. Hey, okay. I can hear her, though. Okay. Excellent mic work. It's <laughs> just going to be an hour of this. We haven't even done introductions yet. I know, yet. that's this right. Is, this is awesome. It's going to be like a movie where you have like a half-hour intro, then you get the credits, and then you get the rest of the movie. That I, You know, that's uh, the worst type of movies, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Fantastic Four, anybody? Oh, God. We don't want to talk about that movie. God I don't want to get angry at the beginning of the weekend. Oh. <laughs> at the beginning of the weekend. True shades. If you can call it that. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I probably wouldn't either. So we are on the first episode of Hey Mitch on the Geek Elite Radio Network. With me is Chris. Hello. <laughs> and also with me, through the internet, is Richard. Hey, Mitch. That's right. Also the co I was just really of, excited to be here. Uh, we Are Entertained podcast. Yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> through the wonders of the internet. The wonders of... It's awesome living in the future. Hello, I have it on good authority that if you Google Google, you will in fact break the internet. <laughs> it's not true. Mm, have you done it? <laughs> of course not. I don't want to break the internet. Exactly. <laughs> it's like dividing zero by zero. <laughs> it's just, Dangerous. It's just impossible. So what have you it's been true. up to this week? Uh, but you got to be specific who you're talking to here. I'm talking to either one of you. Just, just talk. Oh, okay. Just jump in then. Sure, huh? yeah. Well, uh, I, of course, like you just said, I am uh, half of the We Are Entertained podcast, which is a movie talking podcast. It's not review. We don't uh, we don't really review them. We just kind of babble on endlessly and tell our hearts content with the film we've watched. 
And uh, so I actually recorded our latest episode of that yesterday. And then afterwards, I went on to set and we had our first day of principal photography on an underwater shoot for Dragonfly Picture Studios, uh, which we actually threw an entire baby grand piano in the pool. So pretty awesome. I bet you you not a lot of people can say they did that that day. Uh, For real. (laughs) I'm betting a lot of people can't say that in the world. (laughs) So what, what, what movie did you go watch this week? If I uh, this week we we were talking about uh, the intern with uh, Anne Hathaway and Robert De Niro. Oh, Have either Bobby one of you guys D? seen it? No, I, yeah. I didn't get to go see it. Have not seen it yet, but it does look entertaining. It it definitely was entertaining, and I'm sure that Mitch will love it. Why? Why do you think I will love it? Because it's a romantic comedy, sort of. So it's like a comedy drama. So you're telling me Bobby D and Anne Hathaway get together at the end? I'm okay. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, that that doesn't happen, thankfully, because that's a that's a that'd be weird. That's like a huge age gap. Good on Robert De Niro. Yeah, good for him. Oh yeah, not saying anything wrong on his end or hers if it actually happened. Just saying from the film standpoint, it would be weird. No, she's actually married to uh, Anders from uh, Workaholic, and then uh, Adam Devine is in it as well. So a couple of Workaholic guys are in there as well. It seems like those two get a lot of the work more than the curly-haired one. True. On Workaholic? Well, I I think he's kind of just, uh, I mean, for lack of better term, I think he's maybe typecasted as just kind of that weird stoner guy. So I don't really know. I can't really picture him doing anything else currently but i i mean maybe he'll come out and surprise us who knows fair enough i think that's probably true what about you chris what have you done interesting or seen interesting this week interesting uh nothing (laughs) i've been just working and when i'm not working i'm either sleeping or playing ps4 did you do it now i did (laughs) do it right now right now i did it just then (laughs) <laughs> seemed like a little bit of a delay. When will then be now? <laughs> Tell me, and then we will go Aww. forth. He's <laughs> supposed to say soon. Well, there's three of us here. Anybody could have jumped in with it, okay? Pretty sure that was directed at Richard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't tell, because I can only see one of you. Now I can see none of you. <laughs> Good. You don't deserve <laughs> to see any Now I see window. Good. It looks like a lovely day outside. That's all you get. You get window. Which is ever so slightly more than nothing. (laughs) Fair enough. All right, so you've been doing your fantasy football, haven't you, Richard? Uh, Yeah, actually uh, pretty weird. Uh, My first time ever engaging in any sort of... uh, Well, not fantasy event, obviously, because play a lot of fantasy-based video games, but... First time I've participated in fantasy foosball, if you will. So pretty interesting. So far, I'm uh, two and one going into week four. So hey, that's my record right now. Yeah. Too. two and one. Feeling pretty confident about this week. So <laughs> I actually would like to see fantasy foosball. Like you pick <laughs> players playing foosball. <laughs> that would be yes, pretty I, awesome. I believe, Based on their stats. I believe the guy in the third row, second <laughs> from the left, he's going to be the high scorer. <laughs> they should really assign them numbers, I mean. They just get generic uniforms. I and mean, how are you supposed to know who they are? 
It's uh, blue guy number four and white guy number eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could we could totally make this a real thing. But speaking of games, though, what 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 games are the two of you guys playing right now? Uh, well, uh, Rainbow Six Siege Woo-hoo! is coming out in a December first. I thought it got pushed back to twenty sixteen. Uh, I heard that, but uh, I have not been able to confirm or deny that anywhere on the internet. Uh, everywhere still says December first, so huh. still fingers crossed for that. Fair enough. I could have swore that it was getting pushed back. Either way, it's going to be fantastic because we've been playing the beta, and so far it's pretty awesome. Uh, And, you know, I... They have friendly fire, which is fun, (laughs) (laughs) because I am totally willing to shoot through my teammates to make sure that the terrorists lose. So... uh, we have a, a couple of friends of ours, very mafia-esque here, if you will. But we have a couple of friends of ours that, you know, uh, Mikey and Curly. And I don't know if the two of you have seen this, but Curly has posted a video of him playing with Mikey. Mikey gets downed, and then it, it's got the little, like, icon to revive him, and Curly just shoots him in the head. And then shoots, like, a bunch of other terrorists. It's so amazing. Like uh, you should yes. seriously check it out on the on the gaming page. It's pretty pretty brilliant. Well, you know it's that whole. If I go down, just put me down. And, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, there was a terrorist right in front of Mikey, <laughs> so it made sense. Oh, I feel so left out. Like I signed up for the beta, but I haven't gotten my email saying that hey, uh, I can play now. I you need to check your spam. Folder. I did check my spam. Oh, my goodness, it's not there. Well, that's highly unfortunate. Because the beta is actually over this this weekend, so uh, today and tomorrow are the last days of the beta, I believe. Yeah, it ends on the fourth. Oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should try it on uh, on Chris's PS4 then. You should give True. it a go. Indeed. It's funny. Yeah, it's I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine then. <laughs> It's funny because I kind of made the comparison that it was uh, obviously you guys have both seen Bad Boys too, but uh, it it reminded me a lot of the the Haitian house scene where you know Will Smith and and um, gosh I forget the other guy's name now. Oh man, uh, this is totally Martin Lawrence. Yeah, uh, okay. Martin. Sorry, I totally forgot his <laughs> his his name for a minute there. Yeah, but where they go into the Haitian house and they're just like shooting through the walls and like all that sort of stuff like it literally just feels like you're playing that scene when you play the beta it's pretty awesome it is quite fantastic (laughs) speaking of movie scenes that are a lot like video games so i and i know the both of you have seen john wick but the scene where john wick finally gets to the boy to gets to the to the guy that he wants to kill throughout the whole movie right that warehouse is just like one of the stages in uh one of the modern warfare games isn't it um. like richard posted a video from that way back in the day where he did the predator off of those off the roof and landed on the guy and stabbed him in the back something like that that sounds really familiar <sighs> you don't it- remember that Stage? No, no, I do, I do. Uh, I'm just trying to visualize both of them at the same time. It's it's certainly possible. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be that surprised if you know they had maybe used that as like a point of reference or kind of an homage or something. Maybe 
You, well, you think like the video game scouted out a real life place and then mapped that into the video game, and then John Wick also used that place to film. It is highly likely. I mean, that's becoming more of a, a normality in gaming. Uh, I know there's a lot of places now that they're actually. I think uh, one of them was, I believe, Arma Three, where they actually took satellite data of this this island that really existed, and then they used that island to create their game world. So, I mean, it 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 isn't completely impossible. Like, it absolutely could have went down that way. Interesting. But speaking of John Wick. We are getting a John Wick 2. John Wick 2 should... Electric Boogaloo. Uh, yeah, I mean, where do you go from there? Where Electric do you go? I mean, he, he He avenged his, his, uh, his dog's death, so where do you go from that point? Anywhere you want. I want to know more about the Continental. Why can't uh, he put his son in the Continental? Like, if he's trying to hide him, just put the son there, and then no one can kill him. John Wick can't kill him in there. It's true. Unless he goes against the rules of Continental. Very true. Maybe in order to be there, you have to be an actual assassin. So you're telling me that everybody that stays in that hotel is an assassin. There's not one regular Joe Schmo that just walks in off the street and says, hey, I'd like to get a room. Yes. That's what I'm telling you. Well, they wouldn't be able to. They don't have the gold coins. They have no vacancy for anyone yeah. who is not an assassin. Um, I don't know if you can make a business model <laughs> be successful with that. Just assassins. Apparently they have, though. <laughs> but I'm saying I don't think it's possible. In the world and they've crafted, they it works. They have shown you that it is. <laughs> they have Witnessed proof. with your eyeballs. Yeah, so I, I still don't say that that's a good business model. I just, you can't make enough money of just just one group of people. It's a niche market. How they can there can be that many assassins in the world? Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> and how come to stay a night in the room in a room at the Continental costs the same amount as getting rid of a body? That seems like two things that shouldn't be the same. I don't know. Those seem. Fairly pricey. I mean, you get a lot of amenities at the Continental. And getting rid of a body is not an easy task, necessarily. Now, did the the people that got rid of the body, did, I mean, do you see them mopping at one point, like mopping up blood, but did they replace the glass that was broken? I'm sure they did. That's that's a full service like it really business is. right there. That's so That's worth more than one coin per body. Do you know the price of gold? <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> sleeping in a room and having your place cleaned up, it seems like it should be different. I don't, I don't know, though, because think about it. He stayed in that room, he got attacked, and they gave him a fucking car. They gave him True. a whole car. And that's what I'm saying. They have obviously have, or they, they're making quite the profit because it's a room for a gold coin. Would you say yeah. they're making a lot of coin? <laughs> they are making a lot of coin if you want to get more street about it. But think of it this way, though, right? Like, if you're an assassin, okay, you're making, obviously, look at John Wick's house, look at his cars. He's obviously made a tremendous amount of money for himself while he was, you know, in the industry, if you will. So think about it this way. If you were an assassin... Is there a price you wouldn't pay to know that you were staying in an environment that you couldn't be attacked in? But John Wick still gets attacked in. True. It did so happen. It's more of a, it's more of a uh, what's, the, what's the honor system? It's not like they're 
path or they're actively defending these people from being killed. It's more of if you kill someone or hurt somebody, then you're going to get hurt. It's well, it's, I mean, passive. that's pretty much what happened. They Miss Perkins is, got isn't that kind of what happens in in life? Like if if you do bad things, more than likely something bad's going to happen to you. Yes, but because they have clientele that are assassins, they're better equipped to take care of it than your average Joe Schmo hotel. Also, why would Ms. Perkins go and meet, you know, at the pier when she knows that the Continental is going to be after her? That's just bad planning. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I love this movie. I thought it was one of the better movies of the year. It was a fantastic movie. <laughs> well, let's it just... Deserves Let's it think deserves of it. all the praise and, and sequels that it gets, but... Let's think of it this way, though, right? Okay, so you're an assassin, Mitch. You can go... You, and you're right. Hey, you've, hey, you've hey, got, don't tell people. You, okay, <laughs> sorry. I have, an, I have a friend who shall remain <laughs> nameless who is an assassin, okay? Said assassin, <laughs> then says, hey, tell I need a place to stay secrets. tonight. You have two options. You could stay at the Continental. Somebody screws with you. The Continental kills them. Or you could stay at Motel 6 where they leave the light on for you. Your choice. <laughs> Hey, hey, Motel 6 might be one of our sponsors one day. Let's not talk bad about him, okay? I'm not talking bad. I'm just, I said I had a friend. Nobody said you were talking bad about him. I'm just saying I have oh, a friend yeah, who's right. an assassin. I think he's going to stay at the Continental. Speaking of, though, movies for this this summer, what, what movies did you guys actually end up enjoying this summer? Chris? Jump on in there. Uh, well. So the... you start, start at, at May 1st. It's the, oh, it's the beginning God. of summer. Summer movies. Remember when the movies came out? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I can just think the last three uh, months. The last three months. Right. What movies did you watch? You liked? Let's see. Four months. All right. The f- can we just get like a cheat sheet of like all the films that came out like 2015 right? pulled up real quick? Because we don't need all 2015. Yeah. Just the summer movie blockbusters. Yeah, that's think, like everything three you months of movies. Everything right you watched after oh, Age of Ultron. Right. <laughs> Fine. So that doesn't Age really Ultron, help much. That was. That awesome. doesn't help you. Uh, let's see. Then there was Ant Man, keeping it very geek. Right here. <laughs> and uh, Agent Forty Seven, I thoroughly enjoyed. See, I didn't even get to see Agent Forty Seven. Oh my goodness! What are you doing? Well, with your I didn't. Life? One, I don't have the affinity for the Hitman series like <laughs> you guys do. I never played a game, ah. and the first one was just so bad that I, I just didn't feel the need to go watch this one that is an affront on everything i am <laughs> what about you did you see agent 47 richard i have not uh, i haven't had a chance to watch it yet no uh, um i've i've heard a lot of really mixed things about it the one thing that is is kind of interesting though is the uh i believe the fight choreographer and stunt coordinators uh are also the directors of john wick so I thought that was yeah. pretty interesting that they are tied together that way. But no, well, I haven't yeah, the, had a chance to watch The director of John Wick was, the, was, was originally a stunt coordinator. Yeah, yeah, that's how they kind of got their start. And he was like the stunt coordinator on like Matrix or Matrix Revolutions or something like that. So that's why there's a lot of people from the Matrix in the movie, in John Wick. Yeah, he's, they've worked with Keanu a, a few times, I believe. So Yeah, I think probably, I think 47 Ronin also. Oh, that could very well be, yeah. Okay, Richard, what what about you? What did you like this summer? Uh, well, I I mean, 
there was a, I mean, there's quite a few. Uh, Maggie with uh, Schwarzenegger, I, I definitely enjoyed that. I thought that was a real, really cool kind of approach to uh, a zombie film. It's really different, though, because I was kind of, you know, you hear Schwarzenegger and zombie, you instantly think mega action, and it really is a drama. So that that was pretty surprising. Uh, of course, you know, in, in uh, May we had a... Uh, Mad Max Fury Road, and uh, I know that you didn't really care for that too much, Mitch. Oh, but... saying I didn't care for it is is selling me short. I hated that movie. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I know that you hated that movie. Thank but, you. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I'm sure there's probably a ton more. I'm just trying to remember everything that came out in the summer. I mean, good gosh, there's so many different movies. Um, so I didn't hear either one of you uh, say Jurassic World, though. I uh, particularly didn't like I hated that even more than I hated Max, Mad Max. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, I already watched Jurassic Park, so I didn't need to see the remake shot for shot with terrible amazing. CGI. How dare you? You leave. I know this is your house, but you need to get out. <laughs> I, I enjoyed Jurassic World. I don't. I don't. I don't think it was as bad as you're dishing out hate for it there. But I mean, I I definitely thought it was good. No, it, it was as bad as I I am dishing it took out hate me for. Right it. back to being five years old watching Jurassic Park in the theaters. It was how, amazing. How dare you? How dare you? You sully the name of Jurassic Park like that. We're going to have a stabbing on this podcast. <laughs> it won't be the first. <laughs> See, should have stayed at the continental. Or the last. Uh, I also I also really enjoyed uh, uh, Inside Out uh, from Pixar. I thought that was a really cool little movie. Yeah, yeah it I, was good. I didn't see that one either. But, you know, it's like it's, it's Marvel and, and Pixar. I don't think you can really do wrong right now with either one of those. You're gonna, they're going to make a lot of money and they're going to be good. Very true. Well, and then we also had, uh, what was it, Rogue Nation, Terminator Genesis. I mean, how did you guys See, feel about those? I enjoyed Terminator Genesis. I thought it was a great addition to the, the franchise. And honestly, I like all the movies so far. I don't. I, I, there's always a lot of hate for Terminator 3. I thought it was a, it was a good addition or carry on on John Connor's story. Um, I mean, obviously, the Terminator 2 is probably the best out of the series, but... Then again, I I like Terminator One a lot. So, it, and I think a lot of people get hung up, especially on Genesis. They get hung up on the whole. Uh, it kind of takes away from the other movies. And why is it that if they could travel forward in time, that it how does it affect the rest of the timeline? And why do all these robots always come back at different periods in time? And I I like to think of it as since it's, a, it's time travel. How do you not know that Skynet sent a whole bunch of robots back at different points, like all in the same day, but different points throughout history? So, I mean, one of them had to have worked, but unfortunately, one hasn't worked yet. <laughs> no, I, 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 I. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I. I was just gonna say that I haven't seen either Terminator or um, Rogue Nation Mission Impossible this summer, so. I can't comment on either, but they did look awesome. The trailers <laughs> looked spectacular. And I think uh, Rogue Nation was probably right after Ant-Man for me in the top movies for the summer. Like, it's Ant-Man, then Rogue Nation. I thought those, those were really... Like, Ant-Man was a big surprise on it being great. 
for as much uh, controversy, I guess you you could say that was around it. True. And then Rogue Nation. I mean, who is I wasn't expecting uh, a fifty-five-year-old Tom Cruise just to be so kick-ass. Well, Rogue Nation kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I didn't even know that they were doing that movie. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, here's this trailer for this movie coming out next month. What? (laughs) Where the hell did this come from? Hey, did you see the scene that uh, Tom Cruise is hanging off the side of an airplane for real? (laughs) (laughs) That they shot like 50 times. Oh, man. And he did them every single time. That's crazy. Did you? What did you think about that? Uh, you know, Tom Cruise actually doing his own stunts for that movie, Richard. Well, I mean, to me, I don't know. It's not really that surprising at this point, I guess. You know, ever since what was it, Mission Impossible Two, with with John Woo, where he kind of came out and said, you know, I'm down at the bottom of this mountain and I'm watching Tom, Tom Cruise jump blindly off of this mountain onto the other side of the mountain and. You know, he's just like, I couldn't even watch him because I thought he was going to die. So, I, I, you know, I kind of come to expect that from Tom Cruise at this point, that he's going to do his own crazy stunts. And throughout the whole Mission Impossible franchise, he has done some crazy shit, to say the least. I wouldn't strap myself to an airplane, that's for damn sure. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't either. Nor would I learn to hold my breath for six seconds. Six- minutes underwater to film a scene <laughs> oh yeah i forgot about the, the like kind of free diving part almost right right he he actually did that he went and learned with navy seals how to hold his breath for really long long periods of time yeah that's insane that is amazing. <laughs> i personally also what else i liked about that movie is i thought they took a lot of the tropes that Cruz himself has already set up in the mission impossible series and kind of turned him around and said, look, I'm getting older. We all know that. So I might not move as quickly as I used to, or I might not be able to recover as fast. Like, especially after he died, air quotes, <laughs> in the movie. Oh, totally. I don't know. I mean, he, yeah, he's what, 55, you said? Yeah, he's 55. But I mean, you look at. Stallone and and Schwarzenegger and man they're still putting out some crazy stuff too so I I would expect to see Tom Cruise in at least Mission Impossible 15 before we're done what's true is also like uh Denzel Washington's in like his 60s and he just did Equalizer and he's you know just as fast and just as kick-ass in that I it's it's strange with like Liam Neeson and Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone all these really old guys are still just kicking ass <laughs> still kicking ass well, shit, oh, look at uh, Clint Eastwood. That guy's still a badass, and he's got to be in his 80s, right? Well, I don't know if you want to say all that. I mean, he hasn't <laughs> made a movie since Gran Torino. Like, Which, well, he hasn't in acted in one, but... But he he didn't... It's not like he was punching people in that. All he did was hold a gun up to a, a kid's punch face. someone in that movie. <laughs> I bet you he could still come in and whoop ass. I bet you he could. <laughs> I wouldn't. I personally would not fuck with Clint Eastwood. Like I, I still think he would kick my ass. How many of Clint Eastwood's movies has he punched people? Like most of them are him holding a gun to somebody. <laughs> Fair enough. That's true. That's what they do. They just need Dirty Harry to show up in the next Expendables. Oh my eight god, movie. that would be amazing. <laughs> that actually would be awesome. Let's make this happen. But also speaking of Tom Cruise, they. Um, 
I don't know. Next Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher. Yeah, they their news about the new, next Jack Reacher. Colby Smulders is gonna be playing the female lead in the role. Awesome. So I, you know, that movie to me was was great, and because I think a lot of people weren't expecting that movie to do do well at all, I thought it was I thought it was incredibly good. I've never read the book series, but apparently that's like that that movie was based off the ninth book because it introduces Jack Reacher the best. Hmm. But like his character to me is like Batman. It's it's a yeah. it's it's he's a detective, obviously really good at it, and he knows how to kick ass. Yeah, I went into that movie not expecting anything because I knew nothing about the movie other than I saw Tom Cruise get into a bar fight in the <laughs> in the middle in of the, the parking lot, <laughs> and I was like, oh okay, whatever, and. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. It was probably one of my top picks for that year that it came out. Yeah, definitely. I think that I think that was the same year uh, Two Guns came out, and I really enjoyed that one too. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Like as these, well. it's like adaptations that were coming out of nowhere for me for that year. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other here's another fascinating little tidbit about uh, Tom Cruise is that he, well, at least what he's working on anyway, he's working on a, another movie I think called Mina or something like that, and they had one of their um, pilots that crashed in I think Colombia or something like that and actually died. So, and I believe he was working on that with Doug Lehman or Lyman, uh, the guy that did the Bourne series. So that's right. That's obviously happening probably before Jack Reacher 2, but still, yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Like, definitely waiting on a Jack Reacher 2. The first one was pretty awesome. Oh, you know what was another movie that I really enjoyed that came out this summer? Uh, Pitch Perfect 2. You know, okay, go ahead. What, what, what did you like about that movie? <laughs> no, no, no. Let's, Uh-oh. let's, no, I'm, yeah, let's, let's see I where Mitch is going to go with this. I just think it was way too much similar to the first movie. Like, almost the exact same obstacles came up. You know, I agree, but at the same time, they also kind of played around with that, making fun of it. <laughs> and, like, had that whole montage of, like, we're trying to do the exact same shit that we did last time, so we gotta <laughs> change it up. And they need to make, like, ten more movies <laughs> just following the German team. Okay, see, that's where I know we amazing. agreed. The German team was hilarious. And every time. Anna Kendrick would try to insult the German team. Just had me rolling because oh she just God. couldn't do it. She was, oh, you have flawless skin. Well, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> Did you that, watch that? That was Richard? that was all improv too. Was it? Yeah, oh, she, that was none of that was scripted. She improved all of her insults to the DOS sound machine. <laughs> that makes it all that much better. So I, I'm back on board with you, Chris, about that movie being good. <laughs> I agree. I'd say let's just uh, let's keep going. I think Elizabeth Banks did a really great job with with that. So like, because I think she was the one that produced it this time around. So I think she directed or it directed it too. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so. Last time she produced it. Yeah, yeah, she produced it last time. I don't think she directed it last the, uh, for number one. No, no. But she directed yeah. this one. She's becoming quite the force in Hollywood. I think Very in true. acting and directing and producing now. Absolutely. Did either of you guys see uh, Southpaw? That was another one that came out this summer that I, I thought was really awesome. It's a really good movie. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. What are you I doing with your really life? I really want to see it. Not much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, this is the part of the show where we get really serious. <laughs> 
We're going to have to have an intervention here. Uh, this all of a sudden has turned real. It's an intervention for me. So, um, so did you say you did not want to watch it, or you did want to watch it? Oh, no, I very much want to see it. It okay. looked like a fantastic movie. Well, you might get your chance, because word on the street is that Harvey Weinstein was going to have the film re-released just to kind of help push jake gyllenhaal's possibilities for an oscar nomination so oh nice you may very well get your chance to still go watch it in theaters yeah very cool i i heard that too i I, and yeah i did enjoy that movie quite a bit i mean it is a very depressing movie at a lot of parts but it is a good movie and I, i i know richard and i have already had this discussion before that we both have uh a great liking for movies about boxing so that one fell right in the sweet spot of boxing and, and really good storytelling. Absolutely, yeah. I'm st- I'm still looking forward to Creed, of course, but yeah, it was a oh, yeah. it was a fantastic boxing flick. Yeah, no, and Creed the the new trailers that they just released makes it look even that much better. Like with you got a Stallone like keeling over, so it's he's really taken on the whole Mickey like persona now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which I think is I think is the way it needs to go, you know. I mean, he's kind of had his day in the in the spotlight as Rocky, and you know, if you want to keep that franchise going, I think the best way to do it is to take the approach they're taking and do kind of the spinoff into the the new Creed trilogy, and maybe we'll get three films of Michael B. Jordan as as Creed's son. It could be pretty awesome. Definitely, definitely. That's a really a, a movie I'm looking forward to. And and the funny is that I don't really like the Rocky movies, like. I was never a fan of the Rocky franchise, so um, I, I. But I find myself really looking forward to Creed, which that always like really still surprises me that you were like not a fan of the Rocky films. You know, it just blows my mind. I mean, I've I've seen the first one. I don't know if I've seen the second one, but I know I've seen the third, fourth, and fifth ones. So I, I don't. I just. I don't know. At that time, I guess it just wasn't believable for me to watch Stallone as a boxer. Fair enough. I I don't know. I liked Balboa. I thought it was cool. I enjoyed it. And I like. I mean, I like Stallone just about anything else. You know, I watch Stop or My Mom Will Shoot all the time. <laughs> That's not true. I'll, I'll watch Tango and Cash all the time. That I love that movie. But you're also not a fan of The Expendables, though, right? True. I'm not. I. I I'm a fan of Jason Statham. Is that good enough? Yes. Good enough. Okay, All good. <laughs> Which also brings up why why didn't Statham come back for Transporter? Why 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 reboot it with a new guy? Did anybody see it's Refueled? A, it's a different guy. I haven't seen. He's it. not Martin. He's no, not. It's it's supposed to be a different character. Oh, supposedly that's what I was hearing. Interesting. I didn't know that. Before the movie came out, I guess I could have looked that up found some stuff out about the movie first yeah maybe <laughs> that's just too much effort it's too much work <laughs> come on what are you supposed to do come go on. on the internet and read stuff <laughs> <laughs> it's like you don't know what the internet's for yeah. having the sum of human knowledge at your fingertips Psh, who needs that oh going back to southpaw though did, did you realize that was uh originally cast with eminem I did, yeah, yeah. He, uh, it was originally supposed to be kind of a pseudo sequel, if you will, to Eight Mile in a weird way, and uh, he had actually been doing a lot of training. I think, he, I think he said he had been training for about a, a year or so 
or maybe maybe two years to do the role and then i guess there was just conflicts with scheduling and timing and his his other work that he wasn't able to do it and so that's when Jake Gyllenhaal kind of stepped in and really committed to it and and man like what a what an incredible job he did like the just his physical training and the performance and everything that goes into it like absolutely incredible so yeah i was i was very impressed i had heard Eminem had already filmed a few scenes too Oh wow! Yeah, I hadn't heard that. That's before pretty cool. he dropped out. Yeah, so I mean, that's yeah. That is to think that he had already they had already started some of primary uh, photography, and Jake Gyllenhaal had to step in, bulk up, and then start doing the role. You know, that's pretty crazy. Like, I mean, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I thought I heard that he actually filmed this movie before Nightcrawler, even though Nightcrawler came out first. Yeah, I'm not sh- it very well could be true. I'm I really not sure. I haven't heard one way or the other, but what I think would be cool is that if and when or not if and when, but when the Blu-ray comes out, if it's not out already, it might be. But uh, it would be cool if they actually put the deleted scenes in there with the the ones that they had filmed with Eminem. Like that would actually be kind of cool to at least get to see those just to be like, "Oh, well, this is what the movie could have been like." Like I, I don't know. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that could be a nice nice feature, right? nice deleted scenes. But I, I mean, just coming back to the whole Nightcrawler thing. Like, did you watch Nightcrawler? Yeah, Richard? yeah, I've seen Nightcrawler. And, and and did you, Chris? No, no. Just uh, the the physical like ends of the spectrum that his two two characters are. It's almost like Christian Bale, Machinist, and and Batman. You know, wow. from what? Well, he doesn't go as deep as Christian right. Bale and the Machinist, <laughs> but he is pretty sickly and thin looking in in Nightcrawler. Would you say the same? Absolutely, yeah. He's definitely at his his smallest in Nightcrawler, like, and he definitely has a, a very sick look or appearance about him in the film. Like, it, it definitely seems as if there's something physically wrong with him. Obviously, there's something mentally wrong with him as we kind of progress through the story. But physically, yes, he he definitely looks like he is at his smallest ever, probably in that film. I would say, as much as they talk about how cushy actors have it or you know stuff like that i mean they do have to put in long hours and then if they're doing physical transformations like that that's it's, it can't be good for you can't help can't be healthy it probably isn't i mean i think i think fluctuating your weight that extreme is probably very very harsh on your body you know i mean you've got to be because i mean on the one hand you're kind of almost overloading it with certain things to kind of gain that that bulk and then you're instantly kind of familiarizing your body with that and then you're just taking it away so i mean it it definitely has to be at the very least like impactful on your energy level and everything else you know i mean to go from taking in probably a couple thousand calories more than you normally would to then dropping down you know, thousands and thousands of calories beyond what you were at. I mean, that's got to be very taxing on your body. And I mean, you're right. You, they, they're definitely training for probably 12 to 14 hours a day. You're filming for 12 to 14 hours a day. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's got to be extremely taxing on on your body physically for sure. So changing up the subject a little, but did you end up watching the Emmys this year? Richard. No, I I didn't get a chance to actually sit down and and watch them. I I read some like recaps and and things like that, but I didn't I didn't watch the whole thing. What about you guys? Did you guys watch it at all? I watched it. I did not. Okay. But uh so then if you looked up uh some recaps of the winners and stuff, just looking up the the recap of the nominations and the winners, uh, you, 
did you notice the trend? It's not. I mean, there's almost nothing from network television on there anymore. There's uh, mostly cable shows on there, and then some of the bigger winners this year were House of Cards and Transparent, which are neither cable nor network, but uh, online streaming shows. What do you think about the the future of television? Well, I mean, um, I think I touched briefly uh, on this um, when I was talking in the the We Are Entertained podcast a little bit about the Emmys. But for me, I I feel like this is really – I know a lot of people have said, you know, oh, the golden age of television was, you know, back in the day. But I really feel like we're just starting to get into the the golden age of television or if you really want to call it the second golden age of television, sure. But, I mean, the way that television distribution has been for – almost ever at this point is really on the cusp of changing. And I think the approach to the content has changed significantly as well. Before, when you think back to sitcoms and shows, they were kind of very flat, if you will. Like it seems like almost everything was filmed in a studio and, you know, it was kind of your typical three camera setup and there wasn't a lot of camera movement or or cinematic styling to it. And there's been a huge monumental shift in in television to that. And it seems like with the Emmys specifically and, and those shows being so successful with their viewership that cinematic television is really where it's at, you know, and I think people are kind of even leaning towards that more than film now. Because when you think about even something like Daredevil, right? Like, we get that as a Marvel series. And to me, like, that was way better than if they would have come out and said, hey, here's just this two-hour film. And they could have still been done to the same level of quality, but you just get so much more time with that character and you get to really invest yourself into that character. And I think that's what's really awesome about this i mean i had read somewhere that the production cost per episode of house of cards was something like 10 million dollars so i mean when you think about that versus probably what any over-the-air network is going to be putting into their show it's it's going to most likely blow it out of the water you know what i mean so for me i i personally think it's a really great trend as somebody who in the past really hasn't been much of a of a tv show consumer but more of a film consumer, it's almost as if those two are now finally meeting in the middle and really being a a film cinematic television show. And for me, that's absolutely incredible. What about you guys? Well, I think, I think you're, what you're, you're hitting on is right. It's like uh, with the way online streaming networks work, um, their 13 hour seasons are, are more like a 13 hour movie. They, the way they, they know people are going to binge and watch everything at once. They they make it the storytelling more that way. So it's not more of just this episode contains just the stuff in this episode. Everything kind of flows along until the end of the season. So like, I know that you are a cord cutter. You've you've you don't have cable or uh, satellite television. So you watch everything online, whether it be Hulu. Um, or Netflix or Amazon Prime, right? Absolutely, yeah, that's correct. And Chris, I assume you're the same I, for the most part. Yeah, I am basically the same. I mean, we do have television in the house, but I never use it <laughs> um, just because it's more convenient for me to just go online, and it kind of keeps where I'm at in the story and. I go from there. <laughs> and then I 
I find myself, I, I'm out of the three of us, I probably consume the most TV. So I, I do a lot of, I do do a lot of the shows off of satellite television. Um, I have to say though, I, I don't make it a point to watch it when they actually air. I, I watch everything off the DVR. So it's whenever I want to watch it, but there's, uh, you know, I watch Netflix shows. I try to get uh, Hulu shows or uh, Amazon Prime shows where I can. There's also Sony Network now where you can watch Powers. You know, this everything is in different places. And uh, you know, if I need to get shows off the Internet other ways that might not be of the legal standard. <laughs> But you can always go to the network's like websites now, and you can watch their episodes streamed off of there. So yeah. it's it's a definitely. I think that's the way that more shows should go. Like at the beginning of this summer, David Duchovny had a new show on NBC called Aquarius. Oh yeah. So and I don't know if either one of you watched it, but they did the model the re- the the standard model of uh, NBC released an episode. Every week on Thursday nights on their channel, but then after the first episode aired on TV, they they uh, had all the episodes for download off of NBC.com. So if you wanted to binge watch it, you could. But if you also wanted to watch it every week, you could do that too. I think I think that should be a model for more networks to start doing stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. I, I would actually be curious to see their their numbers and see if you know the online streaming had a bigger viewership than your standard broadcast method because i think what would be interesting to find out is are people more engaged watching it straight through in a binge watch fashion and do you retain those viewers through the full season that way versus if you are somebody who you only get to see an episode a week are you more likely to get to like the third episode and be like eh Maybe I'll get around to watching it later. You know what I mean? Like, I'd just be really curious to see what the dynamics behind that are. You know, and and I don't know the exact numbers myself, but I do have to say, though, for a show that came in as a summer replacement show, normally might not have gotten the best of ratings and might not have gotten a second season. It did. They did greenlight a second season right away because of, the uh, online presence of the show. So I would have to say it helps. I mean, them doing it that way, I mean, they had to pay a lot of money for David Duchovny to come to be on the show to probably pay for the rights of Charlie Manson and uh, the other uh, celebrity-esque names that they used in the show. So um, they, they probably put a lot of money into it. To So I, I would imagine it did well enough that they wanted to do a second season right away. Hmm pretty fascinating the other the other thing that i would i would be curious to see where this goes or what happens with it is the fcc regulations because they regulate all the over the air free networks but what happens when those networks start offering subscriptions via the internet you know what i mean like now all those things that apply to netflix would technically apply to that content i mean obviously they'd still have to censor what they're putting out over the air for free but their other content would be subscriber-based content, so it wouldn't be the same as free over-the-air content. So, I mean, I think that might be interesting to see where that goes, too. And I also think, well, I mean, that's something else I was thinking about, too, is uh, anything that's on the network can only go so high on the parental guidelines. I mean, you're probably not going to get an MTV uh, MA 
on any show that's going to be on NBC, Fox, or CBS, you know? But Sense8, which was a Netflix original show, is obviously very TVMA, and people watched it. It's It probably got as many viewings as any, any other show that uh, Netflix put out, or Hulu, or... Amazon Prime, maybe not so not as much as like a brand new show on t- on on a network, but I mean it did well enough. So, do you think that the par- parental guidelines uh, mess uh, hinder the network television shows? It is a possibility. I, I know that that's kind of been something that's been going on in, in the film industry a, a lot lately as well. Is that we've kind of seen a massive decline in R-rated films because the the amount of audience and and money that you can reach with a PG-13 film versus an R-rated film is obviously you can reach more on a PG-13 film, obviously. So, I mean, like even just looking at something like Deadpool, when that was announced, that was a, one of the major fears is that everybody's like, well, they're not going to be able to do this right because it's, you know, they're going to want to make it PG-13. But, you know, luckily they fought for it and they got the R rating and, and the studio was fine with it. But yeah, I mean, somewhere in here, I think, that's going to be an issue as well because you're right. Like you look at something like a lot of the Netflix shows are probably TVMA, you know, I mean, even looking at, uh, I don't know if Daredevil is or not, but in looking at it, it seems like it would be, I mean, a guy gets his head cut off in a door. So there is a lot of graphic (laughs) content in there. So I think that that probably is an issue at, at some point for, you know, studio executives and producers and all that to look at, especially with television and and as it progresses and becomes more and more cinematic and more and more subscriber based, they should technically be allowed to push those boundaries farther because they shouldn't have to worry so much about the FCC restrictions the same they did 50 years ago. Do you think that uh, having a limited uh, ceiling on on parental guidings parental guidelines keeps it from i don't want to say having better writing but at least more interesting writing because i mean even the shows on cable uh sons of anarchy mad men breaking bad those are all probably getting pgma uh ratings as well and these are the shows that have been the most popular you know uh on television for the last better part of the decade I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's really tough to say. I, I don't think that you necessarily have to just be TVMA to have good quality writing. I, well, see, that's what I was saying. I didn't, I didn't want to say quality writing. I just want to, I just made more interesting. Like, violence, though not better, does pique more interest than uh, a, a family trying to deal with the new kid down the street. I mean. Well, I think I think the thing is, is that you know, whenever you're trying to create a, a creative story, if you will, I, I think, you know, the writer has to be kind of a, a mesochist, if you will. Like, they really need to push their character into the darkest areas that they can and really push it to rock bottom. And, and when you think about it, that's what truly makes stories extremely interesting is the more conflict and the more drama that's involved, the the seemingly the better it does, right? So I think that, there is probably a level of association between, you know, if you're restricted to, okay, you have to make this, I don't know, I don't know what the TV ratings are all off the top of my head, but let's just say you hypothetically were had to be restricted to uh, TV 14 versus TVMA, right? Right. Um, I think that that certainly could have an impact on the level of 
elements that you could push onto your protagonist. So in an essence, I think maybe there could be a correlation between the two. I don't. I mean, is that kind of answering it a little bit more to what you're asking? Yeah, no, that's. Uh, I think that's exactly what I was asking. Okay, cool. But uh, so, just getting off that uh, part of the topic, is there? Have you seen? And I know which is hard to see promos for new TV shows, seen as how neither of you, neither one of you watch TV anymore uh, in the traditional sense. But have you seen any promos for new shows that you were interested in? I mean, it is the fall season, so networks are putting out new shows and new lineups chris i know i know that you got to watch an episode of scream queens and you enjoyed it oh my god i (laughs) thought that show was hilarious and you know though i didn't like it myself i did see a commercial where they're talking about how it is one of the more popular shows of the season (laughs) yes (laughs) highly rated good critically acclaimed everybody (laughs) is loving it except for me awesome (laughs) you know it I, I completely understand why you don't like it, because it's very stupid and over-the-top and just ridiculous, and that's exactly why I loved it, is because it's so over-the-top and ridiculous that it's just hilarious. See, no, I can, I can get behind stupid, that's fine. It's just that it's so over-the-top that it, it, it hurts me when I watch it. It really hurts. Oh, <laughs> it causes physical pain to Mitch <laughs> when it he does. consumes that show. So when I do keel over from a coronary, everybody make sure that Fox knows that it was because of their show <laughs> Scream Queens that my heart could not last. But also Fox, I have a bone to pick with them because they brought in... Minority Report this season, which is, you know, mm. based off the, the, the movie, which is based off a Philip K. Dick book. I watched the first episode of that, and all I could think was, I really wish they would have kept Almost Human. It was such a better show compared. Oh, God. Like, Almost Human was so much better than the show, but yet it, it's almost the same look. They This show has futuristic cops with, uh, you know, special abilities and special equipment, but yet not nearly as good writing. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> and I mean, that's just from seeing promos and stuff from Minority Report. I I haven't watched it because seeing those, I was like, I'm interested because I I loved the movie. The movie was great. Loved the movie. When they first announced that they were doing a Minority Report TV series, I was on board i was like cool let's do this it's gonna be awesome (laughs) they took away almost human from me this will be a nice replacement (laughs) and then i saw promotional materials for it and i was like nope (laughs) they fucked up done i'm done i'm out that's hilarious (laughs) not even gonna give it a try which is funny because there's a lot of tv shows this season that are based off of movies like there's minority report well in the last couple years they've had a lot of them that is that is also true. I mean, uh, mo- I think mean, most of them have been cable shows, but mm-hmm. uh, we yeah we had uh, Fargo, we had Twelve Monkeys, we have uh, Fargo From Dust Till Dawn, one From Dust Till Dawn awards. Yeah, I mean Fargo is doing really well as a TV show, so I think it's a incredible dynamic. We got you have basically old TV shows from the seventies and eighties becoming movies now, and then <laughs> movies from the last decade becoming TV shows. Well. <laughs> so 
have you gotten a chance to ch- check out from Dust Till Dawn, Richard? I know you were. A yeah, f- big I mean, fan a huge of fan of Robert Rodriguez right? and and Quentin Tarantino. But no, I unfortunately I haven't had a chance to really sit down and watch it. I've heard I've heard pretty good things. I also did want to check out uh, Fargo as well. I've again heard really good things about that. Same with uh, a lot of the shows that are coming out that are based off films. I'm like right there with you guys. Like I think it would be really cool to to get to watch those. But yeah, I just I haven't had the chance to. I think you did though, right? Didn't you watch some of From Dust Till Dawn on was it on El Rey? Yeah, on El Rey Network. I watched the first season. I thought, oh uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it. Um, I liked the fact that he expanded on this vampire mythos that has to do with uh, snake gods and stuff. You know, it's it's different. And who's to say vampires can't be snake gods? It's all fiction, right? Yeah, except for Twilight. Yeah, well, no, we don't we don't talk about that here. We that's not allowed. <laughs> no, um, so it, it, wait, I have a I have a question. If I could cut you off for just a second, okay. or did you have more to go on with from Dust Till Dawn? No, I don't have anything else from Dust Till Dawn. Other than I, have, I, I you, do like I, Robert Rodriguez. We, oh, go we ahead. say fuck from Dust Till Dawn from this point forward. <laughs> We're never back. We're done with you. We're done. <laughs> We've 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 moved on very quickly. No, uh, I so in shows I, I know it already came out, but have either of you seen Mr. Robot? Yes, I watched. Yes. I watched the whole season of that. I am <laughs> a little bit behind. I'm about halfway through, maybe. Have you gotten around to watching Mr. Robot, Richard? I I have not. I really wanted to watch it, and and uh, the more and more that I've heard people kind of talk about it, I was I was like, holy shit, this sounds amazing. And you guys were kind of talking about Almost Human a minute ago, and I, I of course that was a show that we all really enjoyed that you know got destroyed because they started watching it. But um, <laughs> Richard always killing our shows. I know it's that's my my one shitty superpower I have from, is I from now get on, shows if, that I like canceled. If you ever decide to watch a TV show that I like, I need you to sit inside a Faraday cage so that <laughs> no one knows that you're watching it. I just wait till they're done and then I watch them because uh, that's that's the only way they'll get to finish. But no, yeah, I really I really wanted to watch it, so I was just curious to hear your guys' thoughts and opinions on on Mr. Robot. And that's on network TV, right? It's on no, USA. It's on cable TV. It's on yeah, USA ah, network okay. on cable. Okay. So uh once again, you, they get to get away they get away with a lot more uh, I want to say risque writing because it's not network. So which uh, the show was amazing. It was incredible from beginning to end. But there's there's points that you you're wondering why like i literally there's uh, i remember watching the show and at one point i'm like this character one of these characters not the main characters is completely worthless i don't know why they keep showing him but eventually in the end it it pays off in dividends it's it's a they really develop their characters well so uh it it's an incredible show and they completely bag on hackers in like a a totally bit part, but that made it for <laughs> to, me. To clarify, I love that. they bag on the movie hackers, not yeah, actual well, hackers. <laughs> yes, the movie hackers, which is complete horseshit. No, that movie and is I don't great. Know why that fucking movie is almost rated five stars on Netflix? What the hell is wrong and with it's the world? Completely accurate on how hacking works in the fuck world. You. <laughs> fuck you! Fuck that movie. Fucking Angelina Jolie. <laughs> That, that is, is terrible. Sherlock Holmes now. That guy in Hackers is Sherlock Holmes now. You cannot talk bad about that movie. It's a terrible movie. Well, that that, that got uh, excessively escalated there. <laughs> well, that's what we. So do general here. consensus is it's a good show. Yeah, got Mr. it. Robot is yes, fantastic. definitely check it out. I mean, just uh, like 
for Christian Slater and uh, Rami Malek's like chemistry when they're on screen together is incredible. So you should really watch just for that. But then the rest of the story and the rest of the characters are amazing. So you're good. Plus, I mean, I'll pretty much watch anything that Christian Slater's in because he's <laughs> awesome. He is awesome, and like, I don't know if you've heard any interviews with him. Like, incredibly cool dude too. Like, nice. for a band, I mean, he he was huge in the '90s. Mm-hmm. Um, his career might have died down a little bit after that in the 2000s. Had one of the worst movie openings ever. Like, it made uh, 278 dollars. That's it, oh, it for the week. And then it got. What pulled. movie was that? And it was something that came out like two years ago, but like it was history making, like one of the worst openings to a movie ever. And he has a lot Ouch. to be angry about, but then he's like, in interviews, he's like, I have a lot to be happy about. I'm an actor. I do. I get to act for a living. You know, he's incredibly cool. Like I've heard him on at least two different podcasts now, and cool, cool guy. Nice. You should try to get him on here. Yes, oh I will put that out to his publicist, <laughs> and I will sit there and just talk about Cuffs for an hour, because it's one of my favorite movies of his. Maybe go throw in Gleaming the Cube, because skateboarding? <laughs> I know that you hate this movie, but Very Bad Things. Very, Fantastic. I, I do not like love Very it. Bad Things, but yes, a lot of people do love that movie. No, there's, you know, yeah, I, the I'm right there with you. to The Hangover. The original yes. hangover. The original hangover. That's exactly what I thought too when I saw the hangover. That well, the promos for the hangover. Yeah. The hangover prequel. <laughs> uh, one of the shows that that does the two of the shows that have premiered this this season that I'm really into is uh, Limitless, which is based off the Bradley Cooper movie, and they're doing a great job of adding on to the story instead of the the main character being Bradley Cooper's character from the movie, and they're dragging it out. It's 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 a, a continuation of the story, but with a new a new character. And Bradley Cooper shows up in the first episode, so that's pretty cool for it to stay or uh, uh, in continuity. And then the other show, um, which I think Richard, you should really give a try. I know you're not a big crime procedural kind of guy, but uh, Quantico Quantico is a really good show on ABC. Um, maybe not so much crime procedural. It's probably going to be more of a a serial. Because it's it's trying to tell one story throughout the whole season, but it's it's really interesting. The, the storytelling hmm. aspect of it is really interesting. Very nice. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I I enjoyed the first season of True Detective. Yeah, you know, I just got around to watching the second season of True Detective right now. I I per, per, personally, I didn't like the first season of True Detective. I didn't think it was as good as everybody else made it out to be. Um, I don't see why so much people hated. The second season, I figured I, I felt that it was the same storytelling as the first season. It's it's a lot of what if and I don't understand, and then eventually things come together at or the end. The same storytelling or the same caliber of storytelling. Same caliber of storytelling. Okay. Thank you. That's that's definitely what it was more like. It was because yeah, you the first one is uh, more of a southern gothic storytelling. Second season's more of a noir type of storytelling, but it's all pulp comic you know aspect to it where it's an anthology of uh different detective stories i i mean the thing for me is i liked a lot of the actors and and a lot of their performances but like some of the things that just bugged me like one of the major ones is the lady that plays the guitar in every fucking episode it's that's so ridiculous and so useless and even when you get into the last episode she's like packing her guitar up and leaving and it's like oh come on 
Like, that's so ridiculous. You don't need to have that in there. Spoiler, by the way. But that's not going to give away really anything in the story. <laughs> but it, it really is, like, that to me is what just drove me insane with the, with the second season. Like, I definitely really liked Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn in this and their characters in this. And I think even, uh, what's his name, Taylor Kitsch? Like, I still think this is, like, a, one of his better performances um, and I thought Rachel McAdams did fine as well. It's just there's things in it that just bug me that I liked better about the first season, I guess, than the second one. I didn't hate it. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that have a lot of stronger feelings toward their distaste for the second one. But I definitely think that it could have been better than what it was for sure. See, I thought to me for me, yeah, uh, Vince Vaughn was probably the the best character and actor in the whole series the second season uh taylor kitsch probably being the second um colin farrell's portrayal of this uh la la county sheriff or no he was a vinci city police but he was so all over the place with his character that it it was to me i just don't think that he was able to, to nail down what he was trying to portray and then uh, Rachel McAdams' character was so uh, blasé about everything that I, I I almost felt like she didn't want to be there. But then again, maybe her character really just doesn't want to be in that life anymore. So I could see that. But to me, I felt like the whole season just kept... It kept with the same feel that the first season had of uh, you're not getting the whole story. You're getting bits and pieces here and there. It didn't have uh, this... It didn't have the Yellow King. I know... Probably a lot of people were still hoping for more of that in this season, but I I think they really went with the same storyline of uh, rich, affluent people getting away with crimes that other people can't get away with. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I definitely could see that, you know, and and that's a really good point. But and and again, yeah, like I I definitely think that it was still enjoyable, but I I still think they could have done so much more with it especially just because those are some phenomenal actors that you have you know it's like why not push them to their absolute limit and you know i mean maybe they will with the next season i mean they're gonna have to do something to really kind of get everybody back on board uh from the sounds of it after this last season at least so does anybody know if they've gotten a next season i imagine they're still going to but yeah i don't think anything's been concretely confirmed yet but I, i can't imagine it it won't. It still had a lot of viewers. So, anything else that uh, you want to talk about this week? I think I'm pretty sh- set so far. I don't know. As I say, yeah. Uh, how long did we? How long have we talked for? Um, with with the the times I had to leave, it's probably it's over an hour, fifteen minutes. But uh, without probably coming up at about an hour. Very cool. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. I think. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, no, I think uh, for the first episode, I think we did really well. It's, uh, um, I'm looking forward to having you guys on more often, talking more stuff, more shop. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Standard nerds. Standard nerds. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for the first episode of Hey Mitch, uh, I am Mitch. You can find me on Twitter at, at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Um... <laughs> That's still amazing. Every time it is the greatest name it. ever. It's the greatest handle, Twitter handle you could possibly have. So it's definitely not inconvenient to say. 
It's true. Uh, it just rolls off the tongue there. Would Chris, would you like to give out your Twitter handle, or is sure. there someplace else that you'd like to be uh, reached? No. Sure, people can look at my Twitter. It's uh, <laughs> wizard. It's www.yzerd, which also is super convenient <laughs> to tell people. Um, I, I don't use my Twitter like at all so well you're gonna use it more now i think the last time i used it was probably at least half a year ago <laughs> and richard where other than uh we are entertained cast where can uh they find yeah you? so so yeah if you want to hear more of this delicious voice uh obviously stay tuned to the geek elite radio network of course but yeah as mitch said i also do uh the i'm 50 percent of the we are entertained cast uh, and uh, I am also on Twitter at Ry Cohen, which is also apparently super convenient, slightly more convenient than the other two <laughs> people on this show. It's just R I C O W N, and you can find me also on Facebook under that same uh, screen name, Ry Cohen. So, and I post a lot of random stuff on there from everything from designer vinyl toys to video game videos to. Uh, random articles I find on the internet, all sorts of standard geek lifestyle shit. So be sure to throw me a like and follow me on both of those, and you'll get to see a lot more random shit from me, basically, if you want that. See, and Richard is just so much more professional than the rest of us. He is. He really is. So much better at branding <laughs> and all of that sort of nonsense. Hey, hey I'm trying. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning from him, okay? Cause we'll yeah, all get there. We he so that's right. His his other show is uh we are entertained podcast. It's at yep. entertaincast on Twitter and then facebook.com slash we are entertained. So give him a look, give him and Matt a shout out because they do a great show. And uh Thanks, man. make sure that you check us out, Geek Elite Radio, uh on Facebook. We have geekeliteradio.com and also at Geek Elite Radio. So until next time. Have fun out there. Later, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, I do really need to come up with some type of uh, sign-off. Sign off. I, I can't quite figure it out yet. Last time I... I, <laughs> I know. Like, I, I think last the last uh, televised heroics I said, out. And then right after I said it, I was like, God, I sound like a douche. <laughs> <laughs> We now return you to a regularly scheduled program.